Welcome back to Hoops HD, everybody. It is Monday, January 8th, and it is time for the Hoops HD report. And we're going to do probably a little quicker show than normal tonight, also, because apparently college football starts a little earlier than we anticipated. We're trying to get this in before the game. Uh, but I'm your host, Chad Sherwood. David Dorman next to me. David Griggs below. We believe John Sleeka should be jumping in here any Rocco minute. Rocco should well. be joining us any minute uh, now. Yeah, Rocco's in Houston for some game. Um, I, th- I think. Well, maybe- I, which. I don't know. He's a big Washington fan, but they they don't play tonight. And he goes everywhere, but like Texas Southern and Rice. All, all I know is we, is we need to get this game done, this show done before the Incarnate Ward at Lamar basketball game tips off. Right, that is correct. Yeah. That, that, both of you are anxious to see what happens in that one. Uh, yes. But we've got a lot to get to here. Um, and why don't we start with... Uh, bring up the screen share right here, and I think we could start things off in the hey, the everybody just conference. Came in. Everybody's here. Salika, Salika yeah. is here. Okay, Salika is joining in as he connects. We are going to pull the Big Twelve standings up here. It does not have the number one team in the nation, but it has both the number two and the number three team in the nation, including the uh, number three team, number two team now, Houston. And both the polls leapfrogged over Kansas up to that two spot after what happened this past weekend. Maybe not so much of the strength of their win over West Virginia, but, uh, but, but Griggs, uh, Kansas, you know, had trouble at home with TCU. A little bit surprising, but it was only a two-point win over the weekend. Uh, it was. Uh, what surprised me was how well TCU played, more so than how poorly Kansas played. I thought TCU was sort of a mirage. Um, we, we, You hear me use the phrase all the time, bloated record. To me, that's a record that's way better than what the reflection of the team actually is. And that's kind of what I thought at TCU. You know, they they sat at home and ate a bunch of cupcakes and bloated out their record without really playing anybody. And then they went in and they really had a chance to win that game. It came down to the last possession. They were right in it. They played tough. It is impossible to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Like, you're, you're amazed if even one team a year is, is able to go in there and get a win against Kansas. And... So I, I don't know what to make of this other than that TCU is probably better than we thought. But one of the questions I have about TCU is you were capable of play, beating teams a lot better than the ones that you've played. And now you've put more pressure on yourself to perform in a really hard conference because you did nothing. Like if you look at their profile, which you have on the screen there, there there's a hundred sc- You scheduled nothing. That's the problem. Yeah. You scheduled nothing. nothing. Yeah. Southern Omaha, Texas A&M Commerce, UTRGV, Alcorn State, Houston Christian, Mississippi Valley. You chose to play those games. Yeah, those are not NIT teams, not much less NCAA teams. So a team that won't even make the NIT could have posted that same record against that schedule. Southern might win the SWAC, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the three, three toughest games of the year. They've lost all of them. Yeah. The good news is they're going to have plenty more chances in this in this killer Big 12, which is why I wanted to start here. Uh, and this is not only the, the big game. There were three other key games this weekend. Uh, Dorman, Baylor, went to Oklahoma State, needed overtime, but, but did find a way to come up with that win. Uh, yeah, that was a tough. They were losing the whole second half, down five, down seven. Uh, they weren't real focused. They took a lot of bad shots. They didn't hit a lot of shots. Three-point percentage was real low, not good. Um, Baylor did enough, and they got to overtime. They did enough to win. I think Oklahoma State is right where they're going to be most of the year in the Big 12. I think they're the bottom of the conference. They're going to have trouble winning, uh, getting any wins. But uh, Baylor needs to wake up and play stronger and tougher and hit shots. They're better than that. 
Uh, they are better than that. Uh, but Stalika, now that you've joined us, hopefully, uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this game that's near and dear to your heart, heart here. But uh, Cincinnati goes wow. to BYU, who had looked so good, and posts a complete shocker of a win at BYU. I knew I should have waited another five minutes to sign on. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this was actually pretty much needed for the uh, Bearcats right here, who, much like TCU, didn't really try to schedule very much outside of the Crosstown shootout, as well as a de facto home game against the Flyers. It turned out to be slightly Dayton, more Dayton-centric, but what Cincinnati did here was their athleticism was able to uh, overcome BYU's three-point shooting, and as shots stopped falling for the Cougars in the second half, the Bearcats were able to get the ball down to a Bandiago in the post, and were able to get a decent win on the road here, and it only gets tougher, and then you look at their home game against Texas, which, as we'll get to soon, it's going to have a pretty pretty big sense of urgency for the Longhorns. And if UC is able to win at Baylor, then we really have to start paying attention to the Bearcats here. Yeah, it's amazing, Dorman, how one game completely changed my perspective of both these teams. I thought BYU was so good. Now their profile, what did they do? They beat San Diego State at home and not much else. And Cincinnati yeah. suddenly, I, you know, I, hey, yeah, they only won one game, but it was at BYU, which is an impressive win. Something Utah could do. Totally agree with you. I I was stunned watching that game, and it really like turns it uh, turns it as well for me. I, I put Cincinnati almost to my good side. Now they hadn't really beaten anything that was good, and forget good. They go in there and they just pound BYU, and they were down 10-12 right out of the gate in. Uh, in Provo, and they had no trouble. This was not a game in the second half. They went away. They won by like 10 or 11, but they were up 10. They were up double digits the whole second half. Really impressive. And uh, like you said, BYU, I thought was really good, had done some really nice things. Uh, NC State and San Diego State, like you said there. But this is a big game. Cincinnati coming in, starting off the conference. you got a great shot at a home game, and they fell flat on their face. And yeah, Cincinnati, yeah. Look, at this, look at this undefeated ever in Big 12 play. They've never yeah, lost yeah. a Big 12 game ever. I mean, yeah, to, this is the greatest well, team in Big 12 history. Greg, to, to, put this, well, to put this win in perspective, Cincinnati has really not been in the national consciousness really since Mick Cronin left. I, it, not only is it the biggest win of Wes Miller's career at Cincinnati, is it the biggest win that they've had as a program since Mick Cronin was there? I, I think it is because what have they, I mean, they've been not even NIT good and this one win, as you say, went from NIT ish maybe to having them. I had a, if the tournament were today, I think they'd be in on the first ballot pretty easily. Uh, the is, one win. The answer is undisputably. Yes. They have not yeah. beaten Houston. They have not beaten Xavier since Cronin left. Yeah. What else is there? Uh, what else is there? Uh, Griggs, I want to ask you about another team here. I'm going to pull them up on the right, and the team they just they just lost to. I'll pull up on the left here. That is the Texas Longhorns. Some have still in the top 25 poll in the AP, um, but they go in and they lose. They lose a home game to Texas Tech, and uh, I know you did a bracket today, and you left the Longhorns out, and I agree with you, and I hate to agree with you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, what is there to say? When you ask yourself the question, how hard is it to win the games that you won? I think every single team that's in the NIT, at least via the, you know, at-large NIT, would have easily posted the same record and probably better. 
Uh, they have not beaten anyone. They've won one game that was not a home buy game, and it was against the team that will also probably miss the NIT. Why would you take them? I mean, I mean, what's your question, Chad? Like, like, uh, what is there to even discuss? About may, 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 maybe the question is the team on the left then, because Texas Tech. Uh, has done nothing bad at all. Lost at Butler and lost to Villanova. Now has yeah. a a road win on the profile with a win at Texas. Uh, yeah. You know, and this this Texas Tech team, I think, is trending up big time. Oh, I think they are. And you kind of want to ask both these teams again: Why did you schedule the way that you did? Uh, because you, you know you're you're putting more pressure on yourself. But regardless of how they scheduled, I just don't think Texas is that good. They haven't looked that good at any point. Whereas Texas Tech on a couple of occasions, especially the other night, at least they looked good against Michigan. Not that Michigan is a good team, but they went in there and won the game the way you would expect a good team to win that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I will tell you that the only time that Texas looked good all season was on December 29th when they absolutely crushed UNC. Yeah. It was a home game, though. A decent yeah. Greensboro team, but you still expect them to win that game. Only thing that, that, that I like about Texas is what they did for final score-wise in that. But I'm with you yeah. otherwise completely. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. One of their wins was not a home buy game. It was a neutral floor game against Louis. It was a bad, whatever the Louisville game. Don't want it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyhow, um, I guess let me go one of the, let's go ahead and take, sorry, take a look at the upcoming schedule here. Because as we've say all season, uh, you can pretty much circle every game in the big 12 and I'm pretty much doing the same thing again here. Uh, uh, Sleeka, is there any game you're not circling this week in the Big 12 Conference? That might be the easier way to look at it. Probably any game involving uh, West Virginia right here, because even though K-State and Texas have had their struggles away from home, they should still be able to get some wins here down in Morgantown. I, I don't like Texas on Saturday at West Virginia. I think West Virginia wins I that don't game. Either. I do, too. There is one game that kind of jumps out a little more because of the sense of urgency behind it for both teams. Oklahoma, I think, has been very much overvalued. I know I had them in my bracket today, but I think I had them in the bottom half. And TCU, good but unproven. I I think that's a big game for both those teams. I think it is, especially with Oklahoma having to go to Kansas over the weekend. So you know that that, that's their only chance for a win this week. Uh, Iowa State could use a big win, and they got a big chance tomorrow night. Houston's coming to town. Iowa State, the Cyclones need to start going. Yeah, Iowa State, that huge net uh, with the 12, but the profile does not match it. I'll pull them up here. Uh, here. Just a bit of an anomaly, that profile, to go along with that. Uh, Yeah, there's no profile. Yeah. There's not been right. Iowa. I don't. I was not in that today either. They're, they're huge numbers have to do with all these numbers here I'm highlighting in the score yeah. column, and they, they crushed these non-conference games. Uh, yeah, you know, forty, fifty point wins. That uh, and plus the crushing Iowa helped as well. Uh, yeah. So the that, predictives, yeah, the predictive the, loves it. BPI of five in the nation. That's yeah. that's crazy. Crazy. Uh, let's jump to a few other conferences here, and, and let's uh, let's run over to the Big Ten next. Uh, in fact, here where uh, I, I mean, Dorman, the score that shocked me the most this weekend may have been actually been Indiana's win over Ohio State. We'll get to Northwestern yeah. in a minute, but but Indiana beating Ohio State as a Hoosiers team that I wasn't that, that high on, even though they had a good overall record, but maybe it's time to start paying attention. 
Yeah, they needed that. They really needed that bad. Ohio State is a beatable team, especially when you got them on your home floor in Bloomington. And Indiana needed to put a good team on their uh, win sheet here. So now you see it. They got they won at Michigan. That game looks that win looks worse and worse to the day. But they had to have that Ohio State game, and that was a big one. So they got that Saturday night on national TV. They're off to a good start in the Big Ten, but it's really because of who they play. So let's see if they can keep this going at Rutgers, Minnesota, who doesn't is tougher than I thought, and Purdue, and then at Wisconsin. They got a real rough stretch, although the Big Ten is going to be rough all year long. Uh, Indiana got a big win Saturday. Indiana got a big win. Uh, Griggs, then Northwestern goes, and they beat Michigan State. Uh, Northwestern, just when we were wondering, are they going to slide down a bit? We thought Michigan State was on the up, was moving up. Uh, they kind of flip, flip spots a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what was kind of surprising about that was how they won the game. And I mean, like Michigan State, the you know, you, you think tough physical defense. And the idea that Northwestern kind of came out there and out physical them was sort of, it, it was just, you're watching it and it's like, am I watching this? Did, did you all watch the game? They bullied them. They really did. Yeah. They were the better team. Yeah, <laughs> and and they pushed them around, and it was the kind of it, it's it's the it's what you're used to seeing out of Michigan State. That's exactly what Northwestern did to them, and it was it was surprising. It was impressive, and I, I didn't know. I mean, Northwestern typically doesn't play like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Quick note, our good friend John Titel just joined us. I believe he's joining us from the great state of Arizona uh, right now. So, John, thanks thanks for jumping in here as well. Uh, we are going through the Big Ten. And, uh, Sleeka, I think you want to discuss a little bit about Michigan and, and what's going on there as well. Well, when I say Skull Uma, it is not Michigan. It's actually uh, Minnesota who's pulled off a uh, – Okay, oh, you want to talk years. Minnesota? Well, well, if you would, if you would tell me in English what schools you want to discuss, yeah, it would help. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, but this is act, this is actually the second year in a row that the Gophers have won at Michigan, and just to show that it wasn't like just one of those mirages, they also snapped a ten-game losing streak against Maryland last night. So at least it gives the Gophers something in the top two tiers, even though Maryland is going to be showing up for now as a a tier three game. Now, suddenly the only thing that's really dragging the Gophers outside of their strength of schedule is going to be the loss against Missouri. I mean, I can understand. Hold on. I got to cut you off. You can't just disregard their strength of schedule as, oh, other than the strength of schedule when it is 358 out of 362 teams. (laughs) Okay, so they were trying to schedule a few wins. (laughs) You can't just disregard that. So, uh, but yes, I do think I do. I do agree with you. They get credit for the Nebraska, the Michigan, the Maryland wins and, and um, Nebraska, uh, you know, they're sitting there as well. They did suffer the loss, I believe, uh, if I'm correct, to Wisconsin a game that, that they were kind of in. Um, John, John, as you join us, uh, how about quick, any thoughts on the number one team in the nation, Titel? Uh, they picked up a pair of wins this week, both at Maryland and then, uh, and then a nice home win over Illinois on Friday night. It is keeping in mind that the Illini are without Terrence Shannon Jr. So while that doesn't necessarily count against Purdue, it's certainly something that oh, they weren't at full strength 100. But my Wildcats were when they beat us, and they beat Marquette and Gonzaga and Tennessee. So I don't know what else you want Purdue to do. I understand Houston's undefeated and the lone undefeated, but 
boilers are right there with him, if not above him. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule here in the Big Ten. And, of course, we're not talking about Michigan-Washington. That uh, is about to, to, to start here. But, uh, Rose Bowl, isn't it? Uh, Big Ten. Upcoming games, uh, Purdue, interesting road test at Nebraska actually coming up tomorrow night. Uh, just, you know, if this Nebraska team has anything, well, let, let's see what they do at home against the best, against the number one team in the nation. It's going to be a rabid crowd. It's going to be excited. And uh, I, I hope they at least get to enjoy it until the under 12 time. <laughs> I, I think Purdue is going to, oh God, Purdue is so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have the uh, Wisconsin-Ohio State game coming up Wednesday, which you probably want to circle Michigan State-Illinois Thursday. So there's a lot of lot of good games here, at least during the week. I don't know about the weekend. Uh, but Northwestern's uh, going to Madison Saturday is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep things rolling, though, and let's jump. Well, Titel, none of you jumped in here. Let's go right to your conference. You are a Pac-12 guy. Uh, your Arizona Wildcats did bounce back with the nice home sweep of Colorado and Utah this week. It did. Um, nice all-around efforts. Kylan Boswell, I was worried he had forgotten to how to shoot three-pointers, but he bounced back in a big way. Caleb Love still scoring. Umar Balo still rebounding. And um, they did destroy Colorado, but the X factor with that is that Colorado was without both, both Tristan De Silva and Cody Williams. So I think the five of us might have been able to beat the Buffaloes. So big asterisk there. Granted, I'm not going to sleep about three and one, but Chad, I can't believe there's two undefeated teams and they are not two of my favorite teams. They are not two of your favorite teams. And, and, and uh, Dorman, you are not an Arizona State fan as well, but I, but do you have to start suddenly paying attention to Bobby Hurley's team now that you have five wins in the top two quadrants? I was surprised they were able to uh, get Colorado and Utah. That was surprising. Um, what I saw in the preseason and the, you know, the out-of-conference season, I wasn't impressed. And every time they were tested, they really lost. Um, but, yeah, it's time to start paying attention. I don't think they're as good as Colorado and Utah, but that really doesn't make sense considering they just ran them off the court. So we will see. Um, big test here coming. They're going to Seattle. They're going to Washington. And then they have the L.A. schools, UCLA, whatever. But USC at home is going to be a big one. We'll see if this team is uh, – we'll see if Bobby Hurley and the Sun Devils are for real in the next couple of weeks. Then they go to the Oregon schools. Yeah, and, and Oregon is, you know, they had a nice win as real week as well, actually. Greg's a real nice week, real sweeping nice. the Washington road trip yeah. uh, and yeah. suddenly putting this team right back at the NCAA tournament hunt. I agree. Like, I mean, Washington and Wazoo aren't exactly first ballot teams, but they're still really good and they're really tough to beat on their floor. So for Oregon to get both of those, I think those are two. I think those are two games that the committee is going to give them quite a bit of credit for. And they, they just played really well in both of those. Like those are hard games to win. It was, and that was very impressive. We talked about last week that this next five games were going to be the key test for Oregon because yeah. they've got after a Cal home game at Colorado, at Utah. Well, they're two and zero already in this group. Yeah, so they are. Be Cal. You just split that road trip. That road trip next week. Uh, next oh, week, yeah. and, and and this Oregon team is right there. Yeah, uh, and I think they will beat Cal. That's a virtual home buy yeah. game. But yeah, if they just get one on, on the on the Utah Colorado road trip, they're they're rolling. I mean, and this is a good Ducks team. I, I, that's one of the things I think we learned this past week is that the Ducks can play. Uh, teams that cannot play, Stalika. Uh, <laughs> I know you're a big Mick Cronin fan. 
Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what the hell has happened at UCLA after getting swept at home by Stanford and Cal? I don't Quit, think don't, McCronin's yeah. team got the memo that uh, Cal was supposed to be a buy game right here. <laughs> now, several years before I joined the Hoops HD podcast, there was a nice little segment they like to call uh, Coach's uh, Post Game Theater. I mean, yeah, Mick uh, Cronin, yeah. he, was, he only hit 500 just as far as his attendance at the post-game pressers. <laughs> he was throwing his players under the bus after the Stanford game and pretty much sent an assistant to do the uh, mop-up job because he was still with his players in the locker room after they lose at home to California. Going yeah, forward, you... I'm thinking, where are their wins going to come from? He didn't want to keep the press waiting, so he sent yeah. an assistant. That was, yeah. I, I, when uh, I heard that, I just started laughing. But, yeah, uh, uh, whatever. I just I, it may be good that he wasn't out there because who knows? What it he it probably said. was. Um, uh, let's jump over to the. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You know, what? I did not take a quick look before we jump to the ACC. A quick look at the upcoming rest of the upcoming schedule here in the Pac-12. Uh, Arizona with that Washington road trip that we mentioned. Yeah. Arizona and Arizona State with that Washington road trip. Uh, the rest of the games are up there as well. Uh, but it probably means UCLA is going to win at Utah and they'll beat Washington at home just to annoy us. Yeah, probably. So. <laughs> probably. Uh, uh, over to the ACC, which is where I was heading. And uh, Dorman, uh, I think there's a lot of different stories we could talk about, but but one of the things that we looked at heading into last week during our show was was Clemson. What a week this was for Clemson. Well, they did not really pass the test as they went to Miami, lost, and then they lost again at home to North Carolina. Two good teams, but they couldn't even split. No, they didn't split. And the game, uh, Miami was in Miami and Coral Gables, but uh, they had the Tar Heels at home, and uh, the Tar Heels really controlled the game. Baycott did a great job down low. Uh, their guard play at Carolina is really, really strong. Uh, Carolina, to me, has gotten is the one team in this country, I feel, in the last month maybe, who's gotten better than anybody else in yes. the country. They are really playing good basketball. Hubert Davis has a real good feel for what he has. He's making great substitutions, his rotations. I really am high on Carolina. They've done an incredible job the last uh, month or two. This was not a team I would th- I thought at all could be on the one or two line two months ago, but here they are. Uh, that is an amazing profile starting, and I know it was at home, but Tennessee, I mean, if you just want to pull up Tennessee real quick uh, to, to get a sense of how good they are, and North Carolina beat them really handily. Um, and then, you, you know, the neutral against Oklahoma, also a game where they didn't really sweat, and then the double-digit win at Clemson, and you, you look at their losses – Overtime to Villanova is a bit of a head scratcher, but right in there with with Kentucky and UConn, and you sort of wonder would they lose those games that they played them the day. North Carolina is phenomenal. Now this week they go to, I, I think the NC State North Carolina game. I don't want to say it's as big as Duke in North Carolina in terms of national prestige and importance, but it is probably the more bitter of the two rivalries. NC State is going to be jacked for them. Uh, but I think that they've proven that they can play on the road. Yeah. And NC State's 3-0 and in the ACC. Believe me, yeah. they want it. That'll be yeah. Oh, they want Raleigh. it. Oh, yeah. Raleigh will be rocking. Yeah, NC yeah. State, if they want to start getting themselves on this map, they got to do it. A team, though, uh, Titel, that did put themselves on the map then uh, this week, last Tuesday they won at Boston College. They then had got the overtime home win over Miami. Uh, is it time to start play- paying attention to Steve Forbes' Demon Deacons? 
Let's check the resume chat because this smells like a home court hero. Nine and zero at home. And- uh, road one at BC. It's a quad one as as of today. Maybe not tomorrow morning, but as of today. <laughs> tomorrow morning. Touche yeah. and no bad losses. It's a shame. They're all three by single digits. Like they're close to being undefeated. Um, a very manageable schedule for the two weeks ahead before they head to Chapel Hill on January twenty second. Um, the luck score is very high, so I think they're surprising people with how good they play. But yeah, I mean, um, beating Miami in overtime, um, solid. I'm surprised that's only a tier two, but um, you can talk about them, but I'm not ready to put them in the tournament just yet, Chad. Okay, well, maybe a team that we want to toss out of the tournament, Sleeker. Yes. Uh, good friend Joby is, is not here tonight, but Virginia uh, suffers He's yet another okay. another right. loss, uh, this time the, the game at NC State, and, uh, you know, what's, Has what's anyone going heard wrong from Virginia? Joby? Is he Okay. <laughs> Well, 0 for 3 in uh, true road games, obviously going to be a little bit of an eyesore for the Cavs at this point. I mean, that's not going to be as offensive as what they did at Notre Dame right around New Year's when the Who's must have been out partying instead. But other than that, you look at Wake Forest, that's going to become a pretty pivotal game. That is one of the more interesting games coming up next weekend is this Virginia Wake Forest game suddenly. Uh, two teams that really, you know, I think the loser that that is is – you know, for now, is going to be on the outside looking in on some of the, the brackets we may see next week. Oh, for um, sure. Like, Virginia has been so underwhelming away from home. It wouldn't shock me if Wake didn't even sweat in that one. Well, I think that – I don't think quite that, but but there is that game coming up. Uh, um, where is it? Saturday, Virginia at Wake Forest, as along yeah. with the rest of this this schedule. We mentioned the North Carolina-NC State game. Uh, Clemson at Vautech is another one probably worth circling. Uh Syracuse at Chapel Hill Saturday. Syracuse at Chapel Hill mm-hmm. Saturday, thank you. Uh, Notre Dame and Boston College next Monday night. I think that's the premiere of Big Monday at ESPN. What a game. <laughs> what a game. Before that, we'll have a nice pillow fight with Notre Dame and Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Uh, uh, I miss Big Duke, Monday. Duke at Pitt tomorrow night actually is an interesting game if, in terms of well, games yeah. to watch tomorrow night. It was Big East, Big Eight, Big West, wasn't it? Was that the original Big Monday lineup? Yes, it was. Big, Big, East, oh, Big, yes. Big East, Big Ten, Big West, going all the way back. Oh, it was okay. Oh, I never yeah. knew. Okay, way, yeah. way, way back to the original right, Big yeah. Big Monday. Let's let's speaking of a big conferences, let's jump right over to the to the Big East. Uh, uh, Titan, let me bring you back in. UConn, solidly number four in the nation. They had a easy home win over DePaul, but but then a decent road win at Butler as well. A Butler team that that's been much improved this season. If you say so, they're ninth in the a league with only Georgetown and DePaul behind them, but I hear what you're saying. Um, 13-2 solid, all the metrics solid. Um, I forget, I have not checked the injury report. If somebody wants to jump in when I'm done with an Eric Klingon update, that'd be great. Um, bit of a home court hero as they're 1-2 and two on the road. 4-0 neutral is great. Um, I think that they'll win at Xavier, but you can check with my other the other John here. And if they win lose Xavier. at home to Georgetown, then I'm done with them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure about that puppet. I mean, UConn really? didn't exactly have an easy time winning at Butler. They were down, I think, as many as six yeah. or seven points. And to be and honest, like, like I've been kind of down on Xavier, but uh, y- y- you know, when when I did my bracket today, they were closer to the bubble than what I thought they would be, and they they played pretty well in their last road game. I want to say it was Providence. Um, it was at uh, Villanova. Or, or at yeah, Villanova. Like, they, they had a chance to win yeah. that game. Argu- arguably should have won that game. Thanks for correcting me. But, yeah, at Villanova. So, Xavier might have some life in them after all. Well, you want I'll to talk give about you team... one team. Oh, sorry. Uh, I've, uh, I'm going to go right there, Dorman. Team with life. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Name I was, 
I was going to give you one with life and one with that. I'll start with the life. You're pirates right there. South Orange, New Jersey, right? Uh, this resume is starting to look incredible here. Connecticut and Marquette. Uh, and then, and they won at Providence before, and then my team going down in trouble is Providence. Star guard Bryce Hopkins for mm. his ACL over the weekend. He's really good. He's really – it means a lot to that team. Providence could be in big trouble. But Seton Hall is really – Incredible. Shaheen Holloway is really, I didn't think this team was, was turning good a month or two ago, but Holloway has uh, proved me wrong because they've stepped up with the big boys. They ran Connecticut off the court. They took Marquette, right? It came right down to the last few minutes, but they executed. They got the big stops. I'm really impressed with the Pirates. Yeah, just a quick note going back. I, there's no update on Donovan Klingon's injury at the moment for UConn. Uh, Although we're supposed to be about a month, it's been about three weeks, so uh, we'll we'll see. Um, definitely really impressed with with the Pirates, though. Uh, Griggs, Providence, zero and two, but it was that that loss to Seen Hall. Then the other loss was at Creighton. Um, I don't know that we're willing to rate them off at this point. With, with after this, well, week. you're not running them week. off. Uh, one of the things it's just, I, I don't think many of us, or at least I wasn't, was expecting them to be nearly as good as they've been so far this year. So you never want to write Providence off, but the injury, I mean, to lose such a key player and they're not the same. And you, you want to pull for this team, given all they've been through losing their coach, losing seemingly everyone in the off season, and then still coming out and looking like a top 25 team. But I just don't think that that they can overcome the injury and land inside the bubble. Um, they're just not the same. Okay. Well, <laughs> l- let me go, Sistalika. One other game of note here was St. John's went to Villanova and picked up a win. How about the uh, Johnnies? Uh, wow. so, so the question is kind of how about the Johnnies? And, uh, you know, now they've got that win at Villanova. They've been Utah. Uh, they don't have much in terms of bad losses, I don't think. Well, my two takeaways from St. John's win is number one, Joel Soriano is probably on track at this point to be one of the leading contenders for Big East player in the year. And number two, once again, Villanova is becoming a little graphically dependent on Justin Moore. They already had the close call at home against Xavier, dodged a few bullets at the end of that game, but they weren't able to dodge the bullets that were coming at them against the Johnnies come Saturday. Right. So that brings us to the upcoming schedule here in the Big East uh, where we've got UConn has the road test at Xavier. Uh, Sleeko will be there. Uh, but yeah. uh, we've got the interesting game Wednesday night, Providence at St. John's. We've also got St. John's then at Crane. So another big week for the Johnnies ahead, actually, here. Real uh, big. Before we get to um, Villanova Marquette on Big Monday next Monday night. Although that yeah. Big Monday is no longer that, that's <laughs> no longer a big ESPN uh, conference. But. Right. Uh, Saturday, Fox we have Big Zay- Monday. Fox Big Monday. Yeah. Uh, a little – another shout-out to Stalika here. Saturday, Xavier is at Providence. And going back, is it three years now? The Xavier at Providence game was one of the most incredible games of the college basketball season. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Just – Tune in because it's Xavier in Providence. They yeah, be- because at one point, I think we had as many roof leaks at the amp as we had yeah, we- uh, losses by Providence in yeah. the past three like, years. The, like one year, the roof leaked and it delayed the game. One year, it was like three. Was it a quadrupler or just a tripler? It was, like one- it was oh. triple OT and it was the yeah. beginning of the end of the Travis Steele era. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just tremendous fun whenever those two play. We did get the action start finally in SEC with conference play kicking off here. 
Uh, Titel, I think the most notable win was Kentucky picking up that nice, only by two points, but it was a road win at a pretty good Florida team. But you're on mute, so we can't hear you. Yeah, yeah uh, John Titel said he Sorry, I would home. say that Auburn okay. beating my Quakers was the most significant win of the week, but I suppose oh, as far as the conference win, uh, Kentucky yeah. taking care of Florida barely by two on the road uh, qualifies. Um, I'm still not totally figured out this Kentucky team yet because I saw them beat my Quakers in person in December and they look great. They had the new guy with uh, Ahmad Brad, sorry, Aaron Bradshaw who came off the bench and had the double double. But since then he's had a two point game against Louisville, a two point game against Illinois state. He did have 10 and seven boards against Florida. So I'm not ready to give up on the seven one freshman, but um, I think that they better get things turned around quickly because schedule, not that Florida was a piece of cake, Missouri, they should win. But then after that, it's a uh, and Mississippi state, some, Big-time ranked bracketed teams. Yeah. A couple other games to note that happened this week. Tennessee absolutely clobbered Ole Miss, knocked them out of the ranks of the undefeated. And, and we expected that because yes. we thought this Ole Miss team was overrated. But, but Griggs, the surprising game of them all was LSU going to A&M and picking up a 15-point road win. Yeah, uh, as good as we thought A&M was, um, that that was probably the the biggest surprise, as, as you said. I've I, that's a lot of words to repeat just what you said. I'm still not sold on LSU, but when you look at the resume, there's, there is some there there. And like we said about Cincinnati, it's amazing how one game can change the entire complexion of a profile. And now suddenly the road win at A&M and you're like, well, wait, also maybe a little bit bubblicious themselves. They got them on a neutral floor. And uh, um, you know, if you scroll up enough to where you can't see the loss against Nichols State, this is a pretty good profile. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this is a team though. There definitely are the chances. I mean, tons of chances ahead, Dorbert here for this yeah. LSU team to get back in things. Uh, whereas A and M still has some nice stuff at the top of their profile, but they they you know really couldn't didn't need to lose this game. They really didn't. <laughs> no, it was a tough one. Uh, they really, like you said, now they could really afford to win at Auburn because of what they did last weekend. Mm-hmm. Kentucky at Arkansas. They got a rough stretch. Yeah, they, they do. Here's the upcoming schedules. Everybody will be playing a couple games this week. Uh, circle A few games circle. Tennessee at Mississippi State coming up here on Wednesday night is a big one. Uh, yeah, I guess we got to circle that LSU Auburn game and Kentucky A and M as well. Right. Uh, I want South what? Carolina on CBS Saturday morning. I can't believe they're thirteen and one, and then they 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 look pretty good Saturday. Actually, oh, they did. I yeah. was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed. What a big Saturday morning for uh, South Carolina, the state of South Carolina, Clemson <laughs> hosting North Carolina, yeah. and, and South Carolina hosting Mississippi State. Um, one game I did want to point out, Chad, that's coming up, I, and this is a sense of urgency game for a team that might be, you know, very much in intensive care. Uh, Georgia is playing sneakily good, uh, especially at home. And Arkansas was a team that we thought would be inside the bubble, protected seat, this exceptionally talented team that has done absolutely nothing this year. If they're not careful, they might get run out of the place again. Uh, yeah, I, and, and I tell you what, if, if George is going to do something, you know, beat Arkansas and take your shot, Tennessee, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, th- th- because then we'll be talking a lot of Georgia basketball next week. I, yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Let's uh, let's jump over to the Mountain West Conference here as we keep things rolling right along. Where we suddenly have, I wish Joby was here. We have three teams in the rankings now, <laughs> yes. and a fourth team just missing in Nevada. But Utah State, congratulations to them off of a two and zero week, including the win over Colorado State, jumping into both the polls. And, and Griggs, is it time to start paying? I, I've thought this Utah State team was was suspect. Uh, I start checking to believe I think we've been paying attention to them all year. And again, like uh, when you watch the team play, uh, they were, they looked good. At least they were winning the games they were supposed to be. They looked good in their exempt tournament, beat some pretty good teams. I thought the win at Santa Clara, although by two, it's still a tough place to go and win. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think we're a believer in them. And the Colorado state game was just a fun game to watch. It kind of seesawed back and forth. It was a well-played game between two really good top 25 caliber teams. So, yeah, I mean, now, do I think Utah State is a protected seed? No, but I definitely think they're a top 25 team that will land in the top half of the bracket or could. Yeah, and, and suddenly, you know, this is suddenly, is this, well, Titel, let me ask you, is, are we looking at a five, a f- maybe even a five-bid Mountain West with New Mexico thrown in there with these other four teams? Uh, I don't uh, You know, can, can these teams you know, beat each other up enough to, to get quality wins without damaging their resumes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking doubtful. I mean, to be fair, like the JNG loves the top three of them. So I think that they should, those three are fine. The other two, uh, Colorado State, New Mexico. Well, sorry, they also love Colorado State. New Mexico is the wild card. Keep in mind, I'm the idiot who said this was a one-bid league uh, in the preview show. So I'm the worst person to ask. But yes, I think <laughs> for, for sure the fifth is going to be pushing it. Yeah, there's I a th- team I like more than New Mexico. If if it is going to get five, and that's Boise. I, I just think Boise. they're better. Yeah, and regardless of what the ro- resumes currently look like, which, to be honest, neither look that good, I think Boise looks better and is better on the floor. And even resume-wise, now that you've pulled them up, I think there's more on theirs than there is in New Mexico's. I think if if the, I think if it's going to be a fifth, it's going to be this Boise team. Yeah, well, I'm looking for wins over over bubble caliber teams for both resumes, and I don't see any. So that's my problem with, uh, yeah. uh you know, you know, we, there may Great be some point. tournament teams here, like a UC Irvine win, but those are, those are not inside the bubble type of quality wins. Right. But uh, if anybody's good enough to win games against bubble teams, it's it's Boise. It's not New Mexico. But but we are talking here. We're <laughs> in early January. We're already talking about West at least being a four bid league. I think. Yeah. Which is which which is amazing for this league that a few years ago we relegated this down to under the radar. That's we how did. Bad yeah, that's right. We going. did. Uh, We've done, did we did we do? I know we did it with the A10. Did we do it we with did, the Mountain West? Yes, we did one year. Okay. Uh, yeah. A huge game coming up Tuesday night. Colorado State's at Boise State. You That's also a want to big cir- one. Yeah. circle San Diego State at New Mexico this weekend. Uh, so, so there's a few games definitely worth watching this week in the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, over in the West Coast Conference, uh, Stalika, oh, <laughs> they are in rankings in both the polls, and their their name is Gonzaga. And you know, I see the same darn resume we just saw for Boise State and Colorado State when I and and, and I'm sorry, Boise State, New Mexico when I look at this team. Well, I see a team that at least took care of business against teams in the uh, bottom half of the WCC by oh, getting congrats, you got two quad four wins, Pepperdine and San Diego. <laughs> but granted, that was about all they could do right there, and but they're going to have a bit of a somewhat stiff test at a. Santa Clara coming up over the week, and then they'll have a week off before they go into road games against Pepperdine and San Diego. Uh, yeah, Dorman, I look at this team, and I circle this February 10th at Kentucky. I, I think they need this game if they 
you know, if, if they want to mess up in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Well, I'm not as high on Gonzaga as everyone else is. I see the four toughest tests. They're 0 for 4 in them. Yep. I understand USC. USC is falling off the rails. I don't know how good Syracuse is. We know what UCLA is, garbage. Their toughest, their toughest games have all been losses. So uh, it will be interesting because I think Kentucky is final four good. So they're going to go into Rupp in early uh, February. And I think we'll learn a lot about Gonzaga that day because the rest oh. of this conference, I, I thought um, I thought St. Mary's would challenge them this year. Not going to happen. Santa Clara, in my mind, is the next best team. But uh, the Gonzaga's conference, but we'll see how good they really are. Yeah, yeah I, I think, only- Dorman, I think we do know a lot about Gonzaga now. Uh, and I agree with you. They are going into Rupp in February. Uh, they have one game this week at Santa Clara. The best thing that, that, that the Zags do is just put together a big winning streak until they get to early February uh, yeah. uh, because they need it right now. Yeah. And I think that those rankings are so fake at 23 and 21, it's ridiculous. But the thing is, they'll continue to go up. They'll be ranked yeah. 11th by the time they go to Rupp. It'll be the most, you know, well. Those uh, are awful. Ty, over yeah. the American Conference, Florida Atlantic – they lost at Florida Gulf Coast last week. They played around with East Carolina on Tuesday night, and then they lose to Charlotte over the weekend. Uh, FAU, this FAU team, I guess they're still in the polls, but 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 you know, is there you know starting to start start sounding the alarms here? What a crazy resume! Um, you can quietly sound the alarms, Chad, okay. but uh, you can't erase the double overtime win over my Wildcats from last month, unfortunately. But yes, uh, two tier four losses cannot be easily explained away, even though they were by single digits, even though one was on the road, and even though Bryant has been better than advertised this year. As we see on the remaining schedule, there are not a lot of double digit teams with the net, a lot of triple digit nets, not a lot of chances to get better. Um, So you can sound the alarms, but quietly. Okay, I I think that they better, much like Gonzaga, they may put together a big winning streak here. I don't mm-hmm. want to see one more loss, one two losses top before they go to Memphis on February twenty fifth, uh, or and, or I, I, because there's nothing, there's no good losses there. Yeah, they're just sort of an anomaly. And how do you evaluate them? And every year there's a couple teams like this with these incredibly scattershot resumes. Uh, the the good is outstanding. Uh, the bad is it smells really bad, and what do you expect in the next game Tulane a much improved you know they're improving as a program it wouldn't shock me if they went there and lost it wouldn't shock me if they went there and won and won by 20 I, I you just never know what to expect out of this FAU team too bad they only have one game against SMU in the regular season they could really use a game in Dallas right about now yeah yeah they, they, they've got uh then they've got a host uab whereas memphis the other team you know the best team in this conference i think by a lot right now yeah is hosting san antonio and going to wichita this weekend uh so we'll keep an eye on both of those one more conference real quick over to the a10 where ooh, the story is dayton yes. uh they struggled they played around with umass griggs but they did find a way to win that game and are on the verge of breaking into the top 25 polls right now it, Yes. So if you watch the entire game, Dayton was as prepared as a team could possibly be. They went out there on the road and they took complete control and just had an amazing first half. And then they sort of 
you know, went, were on cruise control, but still in good shape for the first half of the second half. And then they just kind of quit playing and barely held on. Uh, you, you know, it, they sort of like developed backwards, but a, a really good team, the wins against Cincinnati and the Johnnies and even SMU looking better and better as the season goes on. I think they're, those are looking better than they did at the time of the games were played. And, um, just missing the top 25, I, I think this is a top 25 team. At least they can be. Um, they're, they're, they're really good. Um, Mason, and, and, an, another yeah, team. I, but they, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think at this point, they if, if we want to look at it a two-bit A-10, Dorman, I think it's got to be because Dayton is a clear team and they lose in the conference tournament because I, I just haven't seen enough out of anybody else. Joe's bad loss to Rhode Island this week, for example. Yeah, I thought St. Joe's was on the up and up, and then, like you just said, bad loss. Loyola Chicago's off to a two and zero start, but not great. I'm with you. The uh, the A10 only gets two in. Is it is if Dayton is safely in going to the conference tournament and someone knocks them off? This uh, it, it's not a great year again for the A10. Uh, better than last year though, because I don't think they even had that <laughs> one team last year. True, uh, no, they true. didn't. Uh, if you look at Mason, they've got one of those bloated records, but it's not against a very – I mean, the, the strength of schedule, as you see right there, 268. Not a whole lot of there there. I do like that win at Tulane, but nothing else. But that's not, that's not a tournament quality win. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. The only game, therefore, worth watching this week might be Friday's Dayton at Duquesne game in the A-10. Yeah. Uh, for those of you then following us every week, we used to now go to James Madison. Uh, they suffered a loss there, no longer in the top 25 They've been relegated to Wednesday's Under the Radar show, where we'll be able to discuss. Well, you'll hear a little right. bit about, that, about them. Which uh, will no not team. not one of the teams out of the Under the Radar top ten on Wednesday. Uh, because yes, they're... they might be up there. Maybe not even number one. They may fall to two <laughs> or three with that loss. But yeah. on that note, I'm going to pull this down here, run through each of you for any of their final thoughts, uh, and then we can go watch some football, which has just gotten started here. But Sleeker, okay. let me start with you. I don't know what you people are talking about. There's a real big game on CBS Sports Network that's right now, and that's uh, Monmouth and Northeastern. Although yeah. we will have more details about that on Wednesday on the Under the Radar report. But if you're looking for a brief score update with 343 in the first half, <laughs> Xander Rice completely outscoring Northeastern by himself, 22-21. to 21. Uh, I saw it's close. The Coastal Athletic Association live scores during the Hoops HD report. Thank you. Right, uh, yeah. Tytel, your thoughts. <laughs> Um, I wanted to do a quick segment on Pop Isaacs. I forget if anybody talked about him during the Texas Tech part. We did not. Um, so we did for those not. who aren't aware, um, he, the good is that he scored 21 points in their win over Texas last Saturday. The bad is that uh, the day before, he was named in a lawsuit alleging sexual assault of a minor uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, she was 16, and he was either 17 or 18 at the time. Um, he's innocent until proven guilty, so I'm not going to cast any aspersions, but, um, certainly he showed that he's a great player on the court. And I would hate to think that Texas tech has a good run. And then if he's off the court because of legal trouble, I think they're going to fall apart, but we shall see. Yeah, we will. Um, Dorman, real happy story there, John. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, going to go to Michigan uh, before we go watch this football game uh, to basketball. Uh, Juwan Howard, the coach of Michigan <laughs> over the weekend, decided uh, I-, I love college basketball. I love the history of college basketball. I love the palestra. Uh, his assistant is Phil Martelli. Phil Martelli 
as we all know, was at St. Joe's for a long, long time. Before the game, Jawonderful Howard decided that for the for the for college basketball and the good of college basketball, he was going to be like a, a silent assistant for the day, and Phil Martelli was going to be. <laughs> it just none of it made sense. But Martelli has been Martelli doesn't need more wins. Martelli was the head coach when he was sick two weeks ago. Like Jawan, what are you doing? Like, what kind of message does it send? It, 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 I don't get it. I don't get the gist of it. I don't get the idea of it. I love college basketball history. This one, Jawan, did not make, make sense. If someone can make sense of it, I'd love to know it. Uh, and by the way, Martelli was not the head coach at Penn, whose home Correct. court is a blast. He was the <laughs> yeah. head coach at a different building in that same city. Uh, yeah, and, well, and you It know, kind of makes was... you wonder who really is coaching that team. Uh, Martelli, I just wonder if Martelli's really been the coach all season. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Greg, do you want to finish the show off here? Uh, yes. Uh, and it's real quick uh, while uh, the football game is at a commercial. I, I just want to say it, it's a two sentence final thought. Uh, Louisville, if they decide to remove Kenny Payne, it would be one of the most Louisville things ever. If they decide to hire Rick Pitino next year, it would be both one of the most Louisville and the most Rick Pitino things ever. Just food for thought. It could happen. Nick Cronin may be available. Yeah, Pink Road might be available next week if Kenny Payne gets fired next week. Who knows? Uh, But on that note, I do want to thank everybody for joining us. Enjoy the football game for those of you who do watch this before the game ends somehow. But on behalf of David Dorman and David Griggs up here, John Titel and John Sleeker down below, I'm Chad Sherwood. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again real soon.